Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Thanks for joining me for episode 33 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. At the time of recording this episode, the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial came out just a couple days before. My guest and I were chatting via LinkedIn about how the law enforcement profession can move forward after this verdict, and we decided to jump on and record a podcast episode to discuss just that. Our intention here is not to create further political dialogue about this topic, but rather to discuss a viable and healthy path forward. So please enjoy my conversation with Patrick Fitzgibbons, host of the CJ Evolution podcast. Patrick, welcome to the Public Safety Innovators podcast. It's great to have you on. Hey, brother. It's good to be here, man. Thank you for the invite. You're doing great work, buddy. Great work. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Uh, As you know, podcasting is a blast. It comes with a lot of work, a little bit more than what the average person would probably suspect, but um, (laughs) it is fun and you get to meet a lot of really cool people. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a blast, man. I started it a while ago, about five years, a little over five years ago, and I'm just, I'm learning every day, man. It's, uh, I tell people it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. That is very true. That is very true. There, uh, There have been several weeks where I have been tempted to take a break, <laughs> you know, just like, Hey, I'm going to take two weeks off. And no, you just got to, you just got to press through it, man. And, uh, and, and just keep going and keep the content out there. There's, there's so many podcasts out there, which I think is yeah. a, a testament to just how powerful podcasting is right now. But it also means if you quit for a few weeks, people will probably find something else new to follow and they'll just, uh, yeah, you lose your audience that way. Well, and that's a great point, Adam, you know, and, and you, you know, this and, and maybe some listeners don't, there's like 30 something percent of podcasts out there that are like dead on the vine that people don't do anything oh, yeah. with. So, so if you see a podcast out there, you know, it might or might not be active. And uh, so, I mean, a lot of people quit podcasting after, you know, a handful of, of episodes. You just got to, you just got to keep going. And there's a misnomer out there. I know we're digressing a little bit, but there's a misnomer out there that you're going to make millions of dollars. You're going to have a million downloads in a month that takes time to build and most podcasters out there adam you probably know this their podcast is a segue to other things like a book or coaching or something like that unless you're like a joe rogan or something like that and you're getting millions of dollars in sponsorship deals i'm not making that money but i'm having a good time i'm going to make a little bit of money but my podcast is to get great content out there like your show educate our brave men and women and other people and uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, brother. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to have you on. You are certainly a, a seasoned veteran in this space and somebody that I looked up to when starting my podcast and still do and look to as a, a model for how it's done. So thank you for, for paving right, that path time, for Anytime. myself and the rest of us. And yeah, 
Well, hey, you know what? We wanted to have you on today. We talked a little bit. You know, you're you've got the CJ Evolution podcast. Obviously, you talk about um, a lot of topics that relate to the evolution of of law enforcement and where it's mm-hmm. going. And obviously, I'm talking about innovation. There's some layers there where we overlap, right? And so today, mm-hmm. we want to talk about innovation and evolution, if you will, but specifically about a topic that's kind of hot right now being uh, the day that we're we're recording just a few short days ago, Mm -hmm. the Derek Chauvin trial came to an end and he was convicted on all counts in in the death of George Floyd. And so there's obviously, there's a lot of dialogue going on right now, both inside and outside of the law enforcement community. Um, Some people worried, some people less so, some people rejoicing, some people feeling a sense of of concern and worry about where law enforcement goes from here. And I think ultimately what you and I wanted to come together to talk about today is not the specific details of the case and, and trying to get into necessarily what, uh, what was the right or wrong decision or anything along those lines, but how do we move past George Floyd and Derek Chauvin? How do we take what happened, the best and the worst of it and, and move in a positive direction in law enforcement? Where does, where does the law enforcement industry and profession that I love and you love and hold so dearly go from here? And how do we innovate our way into a better relationship with our community? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a lot there. And I mean, we, we can all agree probably. I mean, it was a horrible, it was a horrible uh, incident. It was horrible for the community, the Floyd family and law enforcement. Uh, but, you know, law enforcement is not going away. Contrary to what people think, so law, law enforcement is going to be here for, for the long run. Yes, reform, I would think, would be coming right now. But it's going to take everybody at that table, Adam. You know that. It, law enforcement can't do it alone. Uh, it's going to take members of the community, uh, community leaders, uh, heck, even probably national leaders to come together and start having a dialogue. I'm not saying that dialogue isn't happening right now, but there's so much divisiveness in this country right now, particularly over this case. And that's where there's like, you know, we're at an impasse now, it seems like. I mean, nobody wants, nothing's really getting done. And I understand it's fresh and I get that. I'm talking about the the conviction. But the way forward is to have that open dialogue and to realize that the community needs law enforcement and we need the community. So, but we need to have that. We need to come together and start having those discussions. I think reform is necessary. uh, And that's just my opinion. I don't agree with, you know, eroding things like qualified immunity and things like that. I think that's a, I think that's a problem. We're already having uh, issues with getting uh, brave men and women to, in, to join in our profession. state right here in Colorado. I, exactly. So uh, I don't yeah. want to go down, you know, in the discussion about, you know, qualified immunity. I mean, if people don't know what it is and you and I know what it is, they, they can look it up. But uh, it's very important that officers have those, those safeguards in place. And but anyway, I think it's like anything, uh, Adam, you know this. I mean, you got a problem. Well, it starts with communication. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is not, that's not a new problem. I mean, I think there has always been room for us in law enforcement to work on our communication and and the way that we, j- just the way that we give knowledge to our community about what we do. And I think yeah. even in our efforts to be as transparent as possible, for whatever reason, and I don't know that I can put my finger on it. I certainly wasn't able to put my finger on it, even as an administrator myself. But no matter how transparent we try to be, no matter how much we try to reach across the table and, and share with the community the the reason for the decisions we make, 
and the lens we look at things through and try to give them experiences like in a citizen's academy or whatever it may be that will help them to help bridge that chasm, if you will, there still always seems to be some sort of a veil that exists there between community perspective and what our perspective in, in law enforcement is on, on that side of the, the badge, if you will. Yeah. There's always going to be that. There, there's, there's always going to be that. You're never going to have full participation or full cooperation or full support. I mean, we know that. And I do think, and I talk about this a lot on my show, I think the majority of Americans out there, a majority of communities support their law enforcement officers. Maybe I'm just naive, but I think the majority of people do. The problem is, is they're not vocal about it because we live in this environment now where I'm not saying everybody, but some people, if they voice their support, I mean, you've seen in Colorado, Adam, you know, people have thin blue line flags up on their house and they, they're, they're afraid that their house is going to get damaged or vandalized because, you know, God forbid they're supporting the police. But I do think the majority of people out there, you know, do support law enforcement. Uh, yes, you're all, we're always going to have those people that are hard to come to the table. Uh, I, I think it's more difficult now because we have, you know, politicians actively throwing their hat in the ring with some of the, you know, some of the aggravation and stuff. And that's unfortunate because I think, you know, I remember I'm a little bit older than you, buddy, but I, I, I remember a time when didn't matter what political side you fell on. Politicians generally supported law enforcement. Now we have politicians that are openly chastising law enforcement, calling for defund. So I think that just more that just more complicates the issue. But I am an optimist, Adam, and I do think, as you know, you did you were in law enforcement a long time. You retired uh, as sheriff, and you you know as well as I do, brother. I mean, there's there's peaks and valleys. We're just in that valley right now, but law enforcement is a strong profession. We're dedicated. Yeah, uh, we have resiliency, and we will survive. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And uh, like you said, it's unfortunate. I think that there's there's a lot of players that are that are really trying to stoke the flames to whatever absolutely. whatever their end is. And obviously, if they didn't believe in their their purpose, their envisioned purpose, they wouldn't be so passionate about it. And so, you know, that that's a, that's a hard bridge to cross, but ultimately I wish that we could get to a point in, in this country and, and specifically uh, there's enough racial divisiveness already going on in our country right now, rather than continuing to grow that division. Cause I feel like that's what a lot of this is going on this last uh, year, year and a half, especially there's more effort being put into growing those divisions than there is actually to coming together rather than saying, you know what, let's forget, let's forget race. Let's just come together as a human race, you know, all created mm. in the image of God. Right. And, and let's just come together. But instead I feel like there's this uh, mentality of in order to fix this injustice, if, if some want to call it that, that we need to, further pinpoint and divide race. And I, I think that's just, I, that's disappointing yeah. to me. I, I think that's the wrong path for us to be taking yeah. at this juncture. Well, the advice I would give to people out there, and I, I and you and I had a conversation before we started a couple of days ago, and I told you, I, I really limit my news intake now. I mean, I, I really limit it because I'm not too. saying that there isn't divisiveness in this country. Absolutely there is. But I'm spending time working on me. The listener out there, my advice for you is if you're out there gorging on news every day, it, it's not healthy. That The news is in the business to report the bad stuff. 
And again, maybe I'm just naive, but I'd like to think that the majority of, of Americans out there do want to come together and they do want to work together with, with communities. And, and that's what we, like you said, under God, you know, we're all children of God, not to get religious, but we are. And so my advice to people is, is don't, don't go down that negativity band, bandwagon. I know I've been there before. Uh, I'm not perfect. And, you know, I always catch myself and say, look, things will work out, man. We're a great country because we have been through periods in time. Remember in the 60s, look back on the 60s when, you know, I was, you know, I was, I wasn't even alive yet, but I've studied the 60s and the race riots. And we've been in these positions before and we always come through. We always make it through as long as we work together. So I'm very optimistic for the future, brother. I know you probably are too. And it's hard to sit and look at this going on right now, but we'll get, we'll get through it. People just have to, to focus on themselves, them do the right thing, you know, reach, you know, do, do good things for your, your fellow man, you know, open those doors for people. I mean, that's a little simplistic, but you know what I mean? Treat people with respect. And and I really do believe things are going to work out. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about what that path forward looks like. I mean, is that a, Mm -hmm. uh, is that a technology solution? Is it a policy solution? Is it, or is it just changes in practice in how we do things as law enforcement, how we engage with the community? What's really the solution going forward? How do we fix that? Well, I think there's a number of solutions. I think you hit on, you know, some components right there. We need technology. I mean, in mass communications these days, I mean, technology is a big component, social media, all those things. Uh, We need policy changes and update our policies. Obviously, with this recent conviction, things are going to change, use of force policies and things like that. Some of them we might not agree with, and some of them we're probably going to agree with them. And, you know, and, and the other things you talked about, I I think it's not just one thing. I, I don't think it's just one component to come up with a solution. I think it's a collaboration of a solution. I remember when uh, President Obama came up with the six pillars of 21st century uh, policing, uh, he uh, had a task force, I believe it was in his second term. And and each you just mentioned some of those components, uh, Adam, and part of it was social media or, or technology. Another part was community policing, was training. A big component is the mental health of our brave first responders, you know, and taking care of them. So we get them the health they need. I mean, in, in, you know, community engagement. I mean, there's all different types of components. But the the key is that we need to be able to reach across the aisle, whatever you want to call it, with communities. And communities need to be ha- willing to have an open dialogue with law enforcement. You can make all the policies in the world, but if, you know, have all the technology in the world, technology only does so much. You're still going to have to have those discussions with, with, with people to people to, to utilize those, those great assets that we have, technology and all these other things to, to help. You know, I don't think there's any quick solution, my friend. I think it's going to take time. You know, it took time to get here. It's going to take time to get out. But I, I think it, it all starts, in my yeah. opinion, uh, with communication. And right now, I don't think, uh, you know, we're communicating that well, but we will. I mean, it's still fresh. You know, now we got a couple shootings, you know, that are that are fresh now. Uh, people, are, you know, are, are amped up. Uh, but I do believe the majority of people out there, brother, again, I can't stress this enough. And I talk about it a lot. I do believe the majority of people out there uh, do support law enforcement. I mean, quit watching the media that portray everybody hating law enforcement. I mean, that's not the case. That is not the case. We got we got 350 million people in this country, something like that. You cannot tell me that the majority of people do not like law enforcement. I, that's a narrative that's out there in some places. I just don't believe it. 
Yeah, I would agree. Well, let me put you on the spot a little bit and ask you this. And, and my reason for asking this is actually because I put out a poll on LinkedIn just a, a day, day and a half ago after, after the, uh, the Chauvin trial, the results of it came out because I wanted to hear from people and I asked this simple question. Okay. It's kind of a yes or no question. I said, is this a good thing? Or is it a bad thing for the future of our nation's law enforcement? Now, obviously, there's there's a lot you can unpack on those two polar opposite sides of it. But I'm curious to hear what your thought is on that. And I'm happy to share mine. And maybe that's both a long-term and a short-term answer that you have to that. And, and then I'll also share the, the results that I have thus far on that poll. Well, I think for me, I mean, we all know that Chauvin got convicted. But I, I think in order for me, it's it's hard to answer that. What happened, happened. I mean, I can't answer both yes and no, but I think in some ways it's good, some ways it's not. Because I don't know all the facts of the case, Adam. I don't know the evidence that was presented. I think if I, you know, I mean, we only know what the, yeah, on its face, that initial video that we saw was horrible. But again, as you know, being former law enforcement, there's, there's a very extensive investigation. And, and there's evidence that was probably presented that probably didn't even make it to the media at the light of day. So I think for me, it's hard to answer that. I think in some ways it's good for law enforcement. I'm going to take the, the, I'm going to walk the line right here, brother, because I think in some ways it's good for law enforcement, but in other ways, mainly because it's going to hamper people from getting into law enforcement. And we need those brave men and women to get into law enforcement, to replenish the ranks. Adam, we can't keep going like this. You know, attrition rates are through the roof. Yeah. And so when we have an officer that's convicted, I, I had a feeling he was going to get convicted. And I think in a lot of ways he should have gotten convicted. But I think it's bad too. No, because it's the ripple effect that this has. So, but, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard for me to say definitively yes. And it's hard for me to say definitively no, because I, we don't know all the pieces of evidence. We don't know exactly. We know what the media told us, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is hard. To, it's hard to believe on either side of the aisle right now. Yeah, is it, but, um, I, but, you know, I'm not sure there is any such is, thing as impartial media anymore. Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes it hard. Now, on its face, yes. I mean, you know, it, it was horrible. The officer, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was aghast. And I was like, my God, the guy's in cuffs. He's, he's not resisting. Get, get him into the car. Like mm -hmm. I said before, I'm, I remember, I'm, I'm old enough, and you probably remember, you know, the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, there was so much evidence, brother, that never yeah. even made it to trial. <laughs> so it's hard to, to yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go with what the evidence you, you see. But we started out this conversation, brother, a while ago and said, I didn't, I didn't follow the case. I didn't follow the case. I saw the, I saw the initial. Yeah. I saw little blurbs of it. I wasn't following the case. I know a lot of the country was. But I basically saw what happened, that horrible video that came out at the, initially of what was going on you know, the actual incident itself, a little bit in between, and then the verdict. I didn't follow the case. You know, I'm too busy working on myself and trying to put out great content for my listeners. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. I'm with you. Well, I'll, you know, I didn't, I didn't follow the case either. I mean, I, I, yeah, very, yeah. very much from a distance, you know, I mean, there was things that some things I paid attention to that ended up in front of me that I couldn't, you know, just ignore, you know, I'm like, if I'm scrolling past, then I see, well, I'm mm -hmm. interested to see what this is all about. But, you know, I sure didn't, 
I sure didn't go out of my way to, to learn about yeah. the case or really study it or, or hear what was being presented in the trial. So my opinion and my answer to that question that I'll give is more me looking at what the impact is. Um, from here yeah. going forward. Before I do that, though, I'll, I'll share what the results are thus far on that poll. It's very close. So it's 56% good to 44%. This is bad. And so I find that interesting. And, and I expected, you know, about that kind of a split. Um, and there's a mix of of people um, that, that responded to that that are both law enforcement, former law enforcement, and some that are not and have no law enforcement in their background. But it's an interesting response nonetheless. If you listen to my answer, brother, uh, I, I would probably fall into that yes category. The only thing I said was, was you know, there's still kind of no's in, in that no category with me because, you know, because of recruiting and other things. So if I could lean one way, I would probably say yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's almost a difficult question to give a yes or a no answer to because yeah, there's so very, many different yeah, pieces yeah, there's to it. Exactly. Yeah. So if I was to answer that, I think I would answer that in this way. I think short term, it's a bad thing for law enforcement and it's a bad thing for our community. Long term, I think it's a good thing for both. And the reason I say that is because, again, just looking at how it's being politicized, the result of this trial. And I think, unfortunately, the immediate outcome of it is going to be more emphatic action towards trying to convict more cops of more perceived uses of force. And I'm not saying that the George Floyd incident was a perceived one. What I'm saying is I think that that, that can potentially empower those that want to politicize this to dig a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into situations maybe that have occurred around the country and try to gain convictions on cops in those as well, even though they might not be as straightforward. That concerns me. I'm concerned about pressing legislation out of, out, out of an, an impassioned uh, view uh, as well. And like you said, I'm, I'm worried about attrition. I just talked to a cop the other day who's with an agency down in Florida that I won't uh, name, but a large agency that's short 400 officers right now because mm -hmm. of the number of people that chose to either resign or retire in the last year just because of the current environment of things. Because cops, unfortunately, right now are not feeling supported by their community. And whether that's an accurate perception or not, they're not feeling supported by the community. And in many cases, not feeling supported by their administrators who are playing politics mm -hmm. as well. And so I worry that that's going to get worse, that there's going to be an even greater exodus, at least initially here uh, from law enforcement because of that perception. But I do think that long term, like you said, the pendulum swings, right? And eventually, I think this kind of levels out and we will come back to a place where the effort towards progress in using, like I said, practice policy and technology to make some positive changes going forward, both in how we do our job, but also how we communicate what we do with the community. I think long-term, this will be a good thing. I think it'll, it'll spark a, a push forward in the right direction, but there's going to be a, there's going to be a difficult period of time first. Yeah, I agree with that. Recently, someone asked me why I thought cops were uniquely suited to be entrepreneurs. 
But before I just rambled off any old list, I of course had to jump on my soapbox for a bit. The reason is, I don't think cops give themselves enough credit. I too was guilty of this, and I would say to myself, well I've been a cop for this many years, and this is all that I've trained for and all that I've focused on, so what else would I possibly go and do? But here's what I've come to recognize since my own departure from law enforcement, and especially now that I spend my time collaborating with and coaching copreneurs. I am convinced that there is no other career out there that requires such a vast skill set as law enforcement does. So here's why I think that you are uniquely suited to be an entrepreneur. Number one, you routinely communicate with people from all walks of life and your communication skills are bar none. Number two, you are adept at creating out of the box solutions for tricky situations. Number three, you are a team collaborator who develops deep bonds with those who are on your team. Number four, juggling calls and cases can be directly applied to the multi-hat reality of entrepreneurship. And finally, number five, you possess a special type of grit and resilience that accompanies potentially life-threatening situations. So do me a favor, don't sell yourself short. If you've got an idea for a business, then get after it. I know that you'll be a success. The Business Brief is sponsored by leotoceo.com. Everything you need to grow your own post-law enforcement business. Well, I want to kind of use that, Patrick, for a bit of a segue here, because in the midst of that, that initial dip or that initial challenging period of time where there's likely to be more cops leaving. Obviously, this is a, pa- a topic I'm passionate about because I talk about it all on the show a lot about copreneurship, as I like to call it. And my whole thing is with the start of leo2ceo.com, I really want to help cops understand that they need to be prepared with a transition plan. I mean, I went into this career thinking I was going to be in law enforcement till I was you know, 50, 60 years old. And I know a lot of cops do. And there's a lot of things that are unexpected that can happen uh, in your law enforcement career that can have you facing a transition out, both good things and bad things. And I think that right now, because of the things we, we mentioned, there's a, uh, an environment of cops that are, that are looking at the situation and saying, all right, what does transition out look like to me if I don't want to stick around? And let me, let me, uh, make a disclaimer there. First, I am not encouraging an exodus from law enforcement. I want to see good cops stick around and stay in. We need to have good cops in law enforcement. And I want to encourage my brothers and sisters to hold the line and stay, stay strong and, and, and remain committed to the purpose of the thin blue line. But with that said, I want cops to know that they can't just coast along assuming that they are going to hit a 20, 30 year mark and get a pension. Let's have a transition plan. And that's that's why I, I started Leo to CEO. I want to help cops create a, a plan specifically to go into business. And I think you are a really good person to emulate in that. Um, you are a copreneur yourself. And so I want to talk a little bit about you and your transition out of law enforcement into copreneurship, um, what that experience was like for you what some of your lessons were that you learned that maybe you can share with the audience as well. 
Yeah, great question. And, uh, you know, I, I think for, for me, Adam, um, I always knew that I, I was going to leave law enforcement. I mean, everybody does. And just to kind of kind of piggyback on what you said, I mean, you're for the listeners out there, I'm sure most of you know this, you're, you're one call away from something happening where you have to look at doing something else, whether it's injured, God forbid, that's, you know, not a big injury, but you know, you, you have to keep that in the back of your mind. And I like what you said, Adam, I think too many cops out there are just coasting along, you know, waiting to get a pension, which pension is another story that I don't think uh, people realize. I mean, pensions are, are, you know, it depends on the, the municipality. Some departments, a lot of departments don't have pensions. I mean, I think everybody thinks that departments have pensions and that that's not the case, but that's a different, that's a different story. But I always knew, brother. Yeah. I mean, I have I have degrees in business and stuff like that. I, I have always known that there was going to be a time for me to exit law enforcement. I knew it intrinsically, and I started building my podcast about five years ago. Uh, I also started teaching at the college level a little over ten years ago. So I had some exit ramps that were already kind of built in place. Uh, was it hard for me to to leave law enforcement? Absolutely. I didn't realize until I left law enforcement, and probably like you, I'm going to make an assumption, you know, so much is tied into law enforcement. My identity was a cop for 23 years, almost 23 years. So I didn't realize how difficult it would be until I was out of law enforcement for probably about a year. And then it hit me where I was like, wow, I mean, it, it was so much tied to my identity. But luckily, I had the show. And I was working on my show and the entrepreneur stuff, like you mentioned, and I'm teaching. I still teach. I still work on my show. The point in all that is what advice I would give for officers out there is, yes, it's a tough environment, but it's better if you have a plan, if you have a roadmap. So again, so many officers I talk to, brother, think they're pigeonholed. I was talking to a good friend of mine a couple of days ago that he's, he wants to get out of law enforcement. Okay, what have you done to, to, to prepare? Well, I don't have any skills. What are you talking about? You don't have any skills. You're a great communicator, teamwork. You know, I mean, the list goes on. So I think the big problem with a lot of cops out there, I know because I talk to a lot like you do, is they have this misconception that they can't do anything else. They have this, yeah. this idea that they can't do it. I remember when I wanted to leave law enforcement, I was going to retire. I had people say, ah, you're going to get back in it. And that's, I think that's the, 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 the fear that we have sometimes. Now, some officers don't, they, they go on and they're successful like you and me and other people. But a lot of officers are just kind of, they have that mindset. I can't do anything else. And worst of all is they're surrounding themselves with people that keep telling them that. And when you yeah. surround yeah. yourself with yeah. if, when you surround yourself with people that are keep telling you you can't do anything or you're not smart enough or you don't have the skills Jim Rohn said you're the five you're the average of the five people you associate with brother Jim Rohn said that he's no longer with us he was a great thought leader uh, of the 20th century think about it who yes, are you surrounding is. yourself with and i hate to say it if cops are negative towards what you want to do they're not supporting you your friends you need to get new friends. So again, it was hard for me to, to leave, but I had a plan, you know, and I would encourage people out there to, if you don't have a plan and you want to get out, start writing your goals down, start write what you're passionate about or what you're interested in and go do it. The, the hardest thing is taking that first step forward, but you got to do it, man. You got to do it because if you don't do it, you have no right to complain about it. 
because I just get tired of hearing officers have this mindset that they can't do anything else. That is crazy. You can do anything you want to do. You just got to take that step forward, put in the work and surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Preach it, brother. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I've been saying all along. I mean, I, I've said it over and over and over again on this show. I think that truthfully, there is no other career out there like law enforcement that requires you to have such a broad skill set. I mean, it, it's incredible. And I don't, I don't understand why that is such a thing in law enforcement that we all have that mindset where we're like, well, I, I don't know what else I would do. I mean, I'm, I was guilty of that. I will admit. Um, was I? I, I, I still am. Yet, the, the funny thing about that is that kind of makes me laugh is wh- firefighters seem to get it. Like, I mean, look at, look at all these firefighters that start businesses and they start all kinds of businesses that have nothing to do with fighting fires or public safety at all. And so I don't know why there's just such this mental block in law enforcement well, I, that I, says I we can't do anything else. I have an idea. It's fear. Look, we're all creatures of habit. We're, we, are, we don't like, you know, we don't like to be outside of our comfort zone. It's fear. I know it was for me, even though I had some plan and I had some direction. Look, if you don't have any direction, if you don't have any plans, if you don't have any goals, you're going to stick with what's comfortable, even as much as you hate it or you want to get out. That doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, it, it, that, that could mean anything, relationships. It could mean jobs outside, you know, that have nothing to do with law enforcement. If you're comfortable, it's more uncomfortable to, to take that chance, right? It's fear. And I tell people, sometimes you got to take a step down to step back up again. You know, you have to, I mean, it's like a boat, buddy. It's like a brand new ship. How do you know if the ship is seaworthy? Well, it's not tied up on the dock. You got to take it out to sea and get it bumped around and and, and experience those rough seas. That's life. But so many people avoid that. Every successful person out there, brother, you know, probably your listeners do, they just didn't wake up one day and and everything was great. Bill Gates didn't wake up one day and say, well, I'm a billionaire. I don't know how I got. No, he failed his way to success. Elon Musk, all these people, because that's, that's not, that's not sexy, man. The, the road there is not sexy. What's more, what's a better narrative for people to consume is, man, they just had all these breaks. No, they didn't. They failed their way to success. And that's what people don't understand. And the, but they face their fear. And when they fell off that horse, they got back on the saddle. That's why they're successful. But people don't, people don't look at that. They don't, yes. they don't realize that. Yeah. There's, there's a quote that I really like, and I wish I could remember who said this, but I'll look it up after the show. The, the quote is, action is the antidote to fear. And I truly believe that with all my heart, and that's exactly what you were just saying, not in those words, but that that's that's the the gist of what you were just saying. And I, I guess I want to get behind what you said, that you want to encourage cops that are on the job now to not just coast along, but to um, sit down and put together wh- what do they want to plan to do. And I would even take that a step further. And I, what, I, what I think is the first and most important thing is that you have to put together your personal personal mission statement. If you don't have a personal mission statement, there's no way for you to know where you want to go, regardless of whether that's in your career, in business, in family and community. It doesn't matter. You need to have a personal mission statement. And, and 
uh, a backup plan, a business plan, if you will. And that's, that's, you know, exactly what we're doing in, in Leo to CEO and, and helping people yeah. with. Thanks for saying that, brother. I, I want to hear how did you overcome and, and make that paradigm shift from thinking there was nothing else you could do and not knowing how to do that. And that first year, like you mentioned of recognizing how much of your identity was wrapped up in law enforcement, how did you work your way through that? Well, I, that's a great question. You know, I had the right mentors. Again, it goes back to who I'm surrounding with uh, myself with what I'm consuming as far as what I'm, I'm reading. You know, I'm a big meditator. I take care of my body. You know, I'm eating right. You know, probably not all the time, but I take care of myself. Look, everything starts with your body. The body controls it all. Your mind, your health. I mean, everything starts with your body. Your mind is so powerful. So you really, in my opinion, you got to you gotta really, you know, write down your goals. And those could be short, mid, long-term goals. But it starts with cultivating, you know, that correct mindset. And for me, that was, I was really key of who I was surrounding myself with. And quite frankly, I still have really good friends in law enforcement, but some of them are toxic. I hate to say that. And some of them are really, really close to me that have that positive out, you know, mindset that have that great outlook on life. Those are the people I want to associate with. So to answer your question, Adam, a lot of me getting through that period of identity was surrounding myself with the right people. But the problem with a lot of people is they surround themselves with the wrong people. Look, you know, people, believe it or not, brother, they connect through pain. Now, there's different types of pain. Now, if I came to you and said, you asked me, hey, Pat, how's it going? And I say, Brian, it, life's amazing, man. Life's great. Everything is amazing. I have I'm, my life is perfect. You would look at me like it probably I had a second head. Now, if I came to you and said, you said, Pat, how are you doing? And I said, oh, man. It sucks. I'm just going through some, oh, people connect through pain, whatever pain that is. So again, I saw so much pain in law enforcement. People don't call us when things are great. They call us when things are bad. I had a great career, but I also know, and I needed to surround myself with the right people to get me to that next step. So that was key in my evolution. It was, it was surrounding myself with key people, key mentors, and let me just elaborate on mentors really quick. It doesn't have to be somebody you see or talk to on a daily basis. Some of the, my biggest mentors don't even know that they're my mentor. You know, Gary V, Lewis Howes, yeah, Tony Robbins, yeah. all these people. There's so many resources out there. You don't have to have a personal relationship with somebody you look up to. I mean, listen to their content. So again, that was pivotal for me with, you know, getting on the right track and making a better transition. Do I still sh struggle with my identity being a cop? Yes, but not as much as I did before because I'm busy. I surround myself with the right people. You know, I consume a lot of stuff that pumps me up instead of bringing me down. So I think that's the key, man. That That is one of the, along with other things, I think really it is your mindset, which I talk about a lot. You have, you can control the six inches in your, between your ears. You know, nobody controls that, but you. But so many of us out there, we just think of doom and gloom and, oh, my God, this is going to happen to me. Law of attraction. I talk about that, too. What you put out there, you're going to get back. So if you think everything's shitty and I'm sorry I cussed or everything's bad, uh, you know, guess what? The universe, whoever you, you know, whatever you believe it, that's what it's going to give you in return. That it's a simple fact. I mean, so uh, I know I was kind of long winded with that. But, you know, I mean, that that has helped me tremendously.
Yeah, no, that's good. And if you're apologizing for cussing, it's only because you didn't listen to the three episodes we did with Lauren Rich. Uh, So you've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, You don't (laughs) need to worry about that. But hey, uh, you know, you make a really good point there. And you were talking about taking care of your body, right? And what you put in it. Well, it's not just about what you eat. It's also about what goes in your eyeballs and what goes in your ears. Like you said, who who you're mentored by, what you listen to, what you watch, what you read, yeah. what you get your information from, that that affects your mindset on so many things, especially when you're transitioning out of law enforcement. Well, think about it, Adam. I mean, th- look at really look for the for the listeners out there. Really look at the people you're surrounding yourself with. Are you getting financial advice from your broke friends? Then it's probably not good advice to get. Are you going right. to the gym with friends that aren't in really good shape, but they're trying to tell you how to get in shape? It's probably not going to be good advice. Relationship issues, whatever. Job advice from somebody who's constantly in trouble. But that's what a lot of us do. We surround ourselves with people that are really influencing us. And a lot of times those people are not really good influences on us. But it's a hard thing to break away from those friendships. But as you progress through life, the people you have in your life, there's a pretty good chance some of them will be there as you progress in age, but a lot of them probably won't. So you got to seek out those people. You got to reach those new plateaus. You know, you, you know, once you we uh, you know reach the summit of one mountain, you're probably going to have different people, you know, with you than to the next summit. You know, mm-hmm. and again, if you have people right now that are surrounding your you, you surround yourself with that are pumping you up, that are getting you to those new heights, more power to you. I'm willing to guess that you probably don't, which is the reason why so many people are stuck and they want to do something, but they don't know how to do it because they're not like we just talked about. I mean, there's so many different components and you can do it. You're a first responder. These are the, this comes from the same people that think they can't do anything. The same people are running into fear when people are running away. So yeah. it really, it really baffles me, the mindset, but it really c- comes down to fear, brother. And again, really you know, who you're, who you're listening to in your life. Oh man, this is such good stuff, Patrick. It's awesome to have you on really, really good stuff. So for our listeners that aren't familiar uh, with you, which I, I imagine most, if not all of them are, but let's just assume, Hey, for a second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for those that aren't familiar with you, uh, you know, you transitioned out of law enforcement, obviously you're successful now. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about what it is that you are doing now outside of, you know, the, the podcast, obviously with CJ evolution, but what, what, what is it that you do? Well, I do a lot of coaching, uh, but I'm not as much anymore. A lot of that was hampered during, uh, uh, COVID, but it's picking up a little bit again. And I also teach, you know, I'm an educator. I've been, like I said before, I've been teaching at higher education. I teach for, uh, university of Colorado at Denver and also community college of Denver. Now we're starting to pick up again with the academies. We're all going and lecture again. So I, I love training. I love teaching and mentoring and coaching the next generation of law enforcement officers. Uh, and like I said, you mentioned the podcast. So that takes up a good chunk of my time. Uh, I have many great guests on my show and I go on to great shows uh, like yours, brother. And I'm, I'm really busy. You know, I got a full schedule, but that's that's pretty much the sum of it. I mean, I do a little bit of speaking, but again, with COVID, uh, you know, that's that's been kind of hampered. Yeah. What kind of coaching specifically are you doing? 
You know, I do a lot of first responder coaching, uh, you know, a lot of leadership coaching. And then I also talk to, believe it or not, we're talking about transition and I do a lot of transitional or did transitional coaching. I'm starting to pick up again, but, you know, helping law enforcement officers. And that's why I went on the rant I did uh, a little bit because, you know, it's officers can do anything they want. I know we're going to talk about it, but, you know, I, I talk about, you know, my coaching is, is I have a book that kind of is a segue into my, uh, my coaching. And I wrote this book, Evolve, and, and you can check it out. You can get a free ebook uh, copy on my website, cjevolution.com. Or if you want an autographed copy, uh, you pay 10 bucks and I'll send it off to you. And I'm sure Adam's going to link up show notes and everything else. But uh, I do a lot of that. So, and I'm just, I'm busy and I'm having a good time, man. And, and uh, you know, life is great. Excellent. Do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off? Anything you, uh, wanted to talk about we didn't maybe we can bring this back full circle to where we started and tie it all together well i forgot to mention adam really quick a a selfish plug so evolve is an acronym so that i have and that's a part of my coaching too so the e we've been talking about it is elevate your thinking and your mindset the v is visualization which we didn't even hit on but that's a key component of your success visualize if you ask any take olympic athletes for example most of them when they're up on that podium you know they 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 say well i saw this moment i saw me uh, i saw myself up here getting this medal tiger woods too i saw myself winning a masters getting that green jacket so you can apply this too you got to visualize which is very important others is the o again we've been hitting on it who you surround yourself with is key to your success not just personally but professionally, L is love your life. Look, man, if you don't love your life, and I'm not talking about in a narcissistic, egotistical way, but you have to love yourself first before you love anybody else. And V is victory. You got to celebrate those small victories every day. And this goes back into gratitude, brother. You're alive. Life might be shitty. The world might be crawl, you know, falling around and 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 you know around you, and that's horrible. But you got to celebrate those victories every day and you got to be grateful. Gratitude is another key component to my daily rituals. I am, I am going through my gratitude practice from the moment I get up, from the moment I go to bed. And E is every day, do your best. Brilliant. All right. Well, how do people get connected with you, Patrick, if, uh, if they want to listen to the podcast or just connect with you, uh, read your material? How did, how, where do they find you at? Everything's uh, on my website, brother, cjevolution.com. And I'd love to hear from your listeners. And uh, I love to, to hear from people. So reach out to me. Awesome. Well, like Patrick said, uh, everything will be in the show notes. We'll, we'll link up things there for you so that you can find things easily. Uh, this is episode 33. So you can just go to psi.chat forward slash 033 and you'll find all the links and chapter notes and 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 everything we can come up with to throw on that page we'll put there uh, and then you can connect with patrick get a copy of his book patrick awesome having you on brother we got to do this again uh it was a fantastic chat thanks for coming on the show adam it's been a pleasure my friend thank you for your service to this great profession and keep up the great work my friend thank you Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. 
be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes, and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you.